Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. This morning is a very special day because we are honoring those who were lost during the 9-11 attacks. I remember 9-11 so well because it was around a chain of events that were occurring in my life at the same time. That was on a Tuesday morning, three days before that Saturday is what I proposed to my wife. We were, I took her on a yacht, amen, and we had a little private section and we were on the, New, in the, on, on the Hudson River in the New York Bay and we were outside staying on the balcony and we said, look how tall those towers are. We were just admiring just the, the height and the width and how beautiful it looked in the New York City skyline. Who knew just three days later, both these towers would be destroyed. On the day of 9-11, I was at the UN. I was in school at the time, and they had a, a, a delegate's prayer breakfast that morning. So I was actually at the UN that morning. And as soon as we got the word that the tower was struck, amen, people began to just leave quietly. We didn't know what had happened initially. People were getting texts on their Blackberries. Loved ones were calling, where are you? Get out of the UN. That could be the next. We don't know what's going on. And so soon after the word began to come in, everybody began to evacuate. And so as soon as we came outside on First Avenue, right on 42nd Street, man, you know where the UN is in New York City, there were hordes of people walking in the center of the street. It looked like something out of, like a, out of a war picture. And as I turned and I looked south, I saw nothing but black smoke and ash. Now, here I'm on 42nd Street. I'm many blocks, a couple miles away, and I could see the smoke. And I'm like, what is going on? So I'm thinking, say, well, a plane crash. I didn't know at that time the actual towers had collapsed. And so it wasn't until I began to walk and, and I began to walk by this restaurant. I had this flat screen TV where everybody was packed in. that I actually saw the towers collapse. And for a quick second there, I almost lost it. I'm like, this is surreal. This cannot be happening. This, this really cannot be happening. And right after that, we all went into prayer. We began to create this prayer circle outside with three people. And I closed my eyes. And when I opened my eyes, it was at least 50 people in the circle just start to pray. People who, who didn't care about God, people who didn't want to, everybody was calling out to God that day. And so then after 9-11, everybody had the famous question, where were you for 9-11? Many of you were young kids, young, 10 years ago. You know, I was, what, 22, 23 years old. And many of us, whether we knew someone who was affected, whether we were directly affected, it has affected all of us. And so today, you know, I know we watch the media, we see television and Sometimes, you know, the media, the news knows how to run things over and over and over till you get depressed. You're like, okay, are they going to show me that one more time? You know, are they going to really, you know, because you know the news, you know, but they have nothing else to show. Like when we had this hurricane, you thought it was going to be like, oh, my God, it's like Katrina. We're going to die. People were affected. Don't get me wrong. But the news, they know how to really drive it, you know, home and make, a, make an emphasis. But today I really want us to look at this tragedy, and I want us to hope again. Some people ask, who was God for 9-11? God was where he's always been, looking over us, covering us. 
We don't realize it could have been much worse than what it is. We could have had a dead president that day. So many other things could have happened, but God yet covered us. And by the grace of God, has not had a terrorist attack on this soul since of that magnitude. That's the grace of God. And if everything that was meant to destroy us and to divide us and cause us to go crazy was of everything that brought us together in love and unity. After 9-11, I never saw so many people loving each other in New York City of all places. Now, I used to go to school in the morning, the subway, people look at me, get away from me, don't look at me. You mean, you just look at someone the wrong way, they just suck their teeth with the attitude. And don't get too close to them on the subway, they grab their purse like you're going to rob them or something. But after 9-11, everybody's, you're my brother, you're my sister, just take me by the hand. It was just like, what is going on? This is New York City? What's this? What is this, New Year's Eve or something at Times Square? What's up? The whole atmosphere changed because it brought us together. And I really believe that's the legacy of 9-11. To remember, in the midst of tragedy, there can be triumph. In the midst of pain, amen, there can be God, we can give God the praise, amen. In the midst of all of the madness, amen, God can show his mercy. And so that's what this is about today. So I want to speak with you briefly on the topic, remember. 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 I want to first thank um, Pastor Edgar Torres, who was the gentleman that led worship this morning. Give him, give him a praise. Come on, give him a hand and clap of praise. Amen. He did a great job. Last Sunday, we were not here. My wife and I um, celebrated our ninth wedding anniversary. So we were away getting a little R&R, amen, but we were fresh, amen. My wife also celebrated her birthday this week as well. I thank God for Pastor Vernon because I would not be here today, amen. It said behind every good man stands a good woman, amen. I believe, I believe opposite, I believe beside every good man stands a good woman, amen. Amen, we are to walk together in partnership, amen. And so I want to thank you gatherers for your shout-outs, your, your tweets, your, your Facebook statuses, and all the different love and emails and texts that you sent us on that day. It was greatly appreciated, and we definitely feel loved by you. Amen. We're going to talk about remember, remember. Now, when we look at the word remember, the word re and, and remember means back or again. It means to do again, to go back. We know member means to be jointed. Like when you become a member of a church, you become jointed. You become official. And so when we talk about the word remember, it's to go back, to connect back to something, an idea, an experience, to connect back to. So we're going to talk about looking back, connecting back, remembering, going back again. What does, what does God want us to remember? Remembering is important to God. If we read the book of, of, of St. Luke chapter 22, we, we, we see a beautiful scene of the Last Supper. Many of you have seen the beautiful painting of the Last Supper. Amen. You've read the Last Supper. But in that, Jesus is setting up some memories. He said, do this in remembrance of me. It's the very reason why we take communion today as Christians. We, we 
eat of the bread that represents his flesh that was, was, was pierced for us, that was broken for us. We, we drank of the wine or the juice that symbolizes his blood. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Remembrance is important to God. A desire to remember things comes natural for us. Let me forget my wife's birthday. I'll be, I'll be in trouble. <laughs> Anniversaries we remember. Easter we remember. Reminders from meetings and schedules. And, and we reminisce over good times. Sometimes smells can cause us to remember. Last night I came in and someone was cooking curry. I said, mmm, I'm, I'm thinking about some roti right now, some doubles when I was in Trinidad. I, I remember that. The smell from bring back a memory. Ladies, sometimes a man's cologne can bring back some memories. Come on now. Come on, brothers. Sometimes, you know, a, a sister's scent can bring back some memories. Okay? We want to remember. Sometimes it can bring back things we really don't want to remember. Let the church say amen. <laughs> like, Lord, the blood of Jesus, cover my mind. God, I don't want to remember that. Please take that away from my memory. I'm trying to live holy. <laughs> but we all deal with memories. Memories, memories. If you would really think about it, your memories really help you to summarize who you are as an individual. Many of you, some of you are college students, you're in school. This whole, your whole semester, the whole course that you've taken is based on your memory. Because when it comes time for that exam, you better remember what you learned. Or a couple thousand dollars just went down the drain. And your parents would not be happy about that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we are dealing with our remembrance. God wants us to remember. Remember. It's, 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 it's sad when you see someone who's dealing with Alzheimer's disease or dementia when they get older. And I've seen loved ones, people who I've cared for, deal with that where they don't remember who you are. As a matter of fact, they don't even remember who they are. Losing your memory. It's equally tragic where someone, who, where someone forgets who they are spiritually. See, as Christians, we, 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 are, we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are made new. We are followers of Christ. God has given us his identity to make it in this world. But many times through the circumstances and the trials and the different things that we experience, sometimes we can't forget who we are. We can forget that we're Christians. See, we, 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 say, we say, I'm a child of God. Do you know what that really means to be a child of God? I know it's beautiful to be a child of your parents, amen, and you take pride in your name, you take pride, you know, in that. Some of you don't take pride, but some of you are ashamed of that, too, amen, got both ways. But it's something when you are a child of God, when you take pride in who you are, you remember who you are in Christ Jesus. Sometimes we can remember the wrong, day, the wrong things and forget all of the right things. Think about a marriage, when a husband and wife are arguing, and you never do this, and you never do that. But what about the things I do do right? It seems like those things just go out the window. I fixed you breakfast this morning. I did this for you, but you don't remember that. But you remember that one bad thing. Did I go there? Let me behave myself. Praise the Lord. 
Come on now. What happens when people don't remember? What happens when people don't remember? It's devastation. When we forget, it's devastating. When we forget, it's devastation. Marriages are broken. Lives are destroyed. Think about it. The way a marriage gets broken up because they remember, they forget to remember the things that brought them together. And if your marriage or your relationship is not built upon the rock, which is Jesus Christ, it ain't going to last anyway. You can be married 11, 12 years or whatever. It's still falling quits because you have no solid foundation. You hear about all these celebrity marriages, Jennifer Lopez and her husband, they, they separating now, they getting divorced. And you hear about you, it's like, wow, I thought out of anybody, I thought they would make it. You know, you look at some people on television, they get divorced. After 20 years, I thought they would make it. But if your marriage, your relationship is not built on the memories that you set in the beginning, that brought you two together, it will not last. That's why it's beautiful that you have to rekindle your love, rekindle your faith. You have to remember the thing that brought you two together. Remembrance. Remembrance. Anyone who, who feels neither responsibility towards the past nor desires to shape the future is one who forgets. That's a quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Anyone who feels neither responsibility towards the past nor desires to shape the future is one who forgets. God wants us to remember. Remember. Just like some of you are taking notes, you have a program, you can take notes on the back, amen, and help you to remember. Some of you are going to listen to the podcast this week, amen. We have an iPhone, iPad app you can download from that iTunes store to help you remember. God wants us to remember. Some of you are already beginning to open up those textbooks. You're like, Lord, help me to remember. 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 We have to, and God desires us to, remember his faithfulness from the past. God wants us to remember his faithfulness from the past. Number one. Remembering God's faithfulness from the past, one, allows us to trust him in the present. When we look at the victims of 9-11, and we see the tragedy that our nation went through, when you think about even the the personal tragedies you have gone through, the problems, the situations, some of you are in school this semester by a miracle. You know you didn't have the money. Some of you didn't even have the credit. Come on now. Can you co-sign for me? I just try to get in for this semester. When you go through the past, God wants you to remember the present. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 17 through 19, you may say for yourselves, these nations are stronger than we. How can we drive them out? This is Israel now in war. But do not be afraid of them. Remember well what the Lord God did to Pharaoh and all of Egypt. In other words, remember the victories from your past. You have to remember that you overcame that trial, that situation, that circumstance. If you made through that temptation and you made through that problem, why not can't God do that now? 
Remember what God did to Pharaoh and all of Egypt. You saw with your own eyes the great trials, the signs, the wonders, the mighty hand, and outstretched arm which the Lord your God brought you out. The Lord your God will do the same to all peoples you know you now fear. They were afraid. They said, we're like grasshoppers. We can't go into the promised land. In other words, we cannot experience this new territory. We're too fearful. Some of you, God is calling you to experience new territory, but you are fearful. No, that can't be my major. I can't do that. No, I can't, I can't, I can't see myself with that person. No, I can't do that. No, I can't see myself doing that. New territories. And what holds us back is a spirit of fear. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. How many of you know when you're in fear, you don't have a sound mind? Because you're thinking of all types of thoughts. And this can happen, and that can happen, and my mother said this could happen, and my friend said that could happen. So really, it can't happen. You don't have a sound mind. But God wants you to have a sound mind. He wants you to remember him. He wants you to trust in him that what he did back then, he can show enough do now. Some of you are going to be up against so many challenges this semester. And some of you are facing challenges even now. But you have to know that God will be with you every step of the way. You have to remember his faithfulness. I call it God's resume. Some of you are looking for jobs this semester. You're on work study. Amen. And you have a resume of what? Of your experience. What is your experience? Your memory. And so you look at your memories. You have, to have, you have to have a God resume sometime. God did that at age six. I wasn't supposed to live. Actually, my mother was going to abort me. So that was the first blessing. And then, just, then I got this chance when I was five years old. That's the next blessing. And this happened when I was 13. And that happened when I was 10. And that happened when I was 20. And I wasn't even supposed to get into college, but that happened then. You have to have a resume outlining God's faithfulness in your life and say, if he could do it all through all in my past, why cannot he do it in my present? The Lord would do it. The Lord would do it. The Lord is the Lord. would do it. This is Moses speaking. The Deuteronomy. Moses is on his deathbed at this point. He's saying, you know what? I, I can't go on with you. I've coached you. I've given you what you need. I'm appointing Joshua to lead you into the promised land. God is going to be with you. Read that whole chapter. It's beautiful. It's like a football coach at the Super Bowl, but he can't play on the field. He can only stand on the sideline. That's how God did Moses. I can only watch what happened. I can't can't take you any further. I gave you all the resources that you need so you can survive. Look at your memory. What have you seen? What has, God, what, have, what has God shown you over your lifetime? What have you heard? What has he spoken to you over your lifetime? He wants us to remember. He wants us to remember. Remembering God's faithfulness from the past allows us to trust him in I don't care what you're facing today. I don't care what your problems look like. If we all have problems that are insurmountable, we all have issues. Come on. If, we, if, we, if I just had to tell your problems right now and just pass the mic, we'll be depressed by the time everybody's done. 
That's why God says, oh, magnify the Lord. In other words, in other words, make God bigger than your problems. When you apply a magnifying glass to something that's small, it enlarges it. it. It broadens it. It gives it more vision. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. In other words, let's do this thing together. Get a partner and magnify God. Some of you this semester, some of you are going through trials where you can't face it by yourself. You better get yourself a prayer partner. You better get someone who believes like you believe. Come on now. Come on now instead of going to the club and have their drink. Amen. Have a drink of Jesus, okay? Have a drink of praise. Come on. Smoke some Holy Ghost. How about that? Drop us like a hot for Jesus. Come on. Ain't nothing like the real thing, Jesus. Come on now. And all that stuff is temporary, but God gives you a natural high. A high that can be topped by nothing else. Come on. Ain't not to worry about no hangovers in the morning. Come on now. You don't have to look like a fool walking down the street. Come on. Slurring and, 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 and slobbing and acting like a fool. But I thank God for Jesus. I thank God for his Holy Spirit that keeps me, that walks with me. Because when no one understands us, he is the one I can call on. When I'm, when I'm in my room alone at midnight, he's the one that can be there for me. When my wife is sleeping, she can't even help me. He's the one that can help me. I have to remember his faithfulness. What have you seen? What have you heard? What have you heard about this God? What have you seen God do? Capture it in your heart. Capture it in your mind. Remember God. Remember what he's done. He has, he's done something for you. For you to make it here this far, he's done it. I know you're smart. You're intelligent. You say, well, I did this. I got myself here. You ain't all that. I ain't afraid to tell you. You ain't nothing without God. I don't care how many degrees you get. I don't care how much money you make. You can make all the money in the world and get sick and can't enjoy nothing. You need God. And you have to remember him. Come on. When, the, when, when, when Jesus was on the cross, the beggar said, look, can you remember me when you get into paradise? Can you hook a brother up? I know I messed up in this life. Can you help me out of the next life, Jesus? Can you, can you remember me? What have you seen? What have you heard? God wants us to trust him in the present. He wants us to trust him. That's number one. Number two, remembering God's faithfulness in the past directs our actions in the future. You see, the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. So that means that this walk that I'm walking as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, I'm not walking this thing by what I naturally see. Because sometimes what I naturally see is totally opposite from what I'm believing God to do. Okay? I remember when I was in college, well, I was in high school, rather, I did not like English. I did not like English. I hated English. I hated writing. They just, woo! It drove me crazy. As a matter of fact, I flunked English all throughout high school. In my senior year, I took four years of English in one year. Because if I didn't take it, I was not going to graduate. So I had independent studies. I had AM school. I had PM school. I did everything just to get out. Did not like English. And I'm like, God, you got to help me because I did not like English. And I'm about to go to college. And I can't handle this. Boy, I'm just going through this trouble. Then when I got to college, something happened. But I excelled in English. 
I got an A minus on my midterm and an A on, on my final. And my, my, my English teacher said, you know, you got writing in you. You could be a writer or author. You need, to, you need to do something. I'm like, really? And I'm like, I hated English all throughout high school. Why has something changed? Because the confidence that God gave me was that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I held on to his promise. Even though in the natural I did not like it, I saw myself like, okay, I can't do this, God. you got to help me. But in my faith, in my heart, I believe that, God, if you can help me to overcome this, you can help me to overcome that. And look at that. I tapped into a passion I didn't even know was there. So you will go through trials. You will go through problems. You will go through situations that in the natural, what you can see is totally opposite with what you're believing on. But if you go back to that God resume as I share. And think about all the things that he has done. We used to sing a song in the old church that says, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my very soul cries out, thank God for praise, for for what? All right now, you help me out. Thank God for saving me. As you go back and recollect on what God has done, it will give you confidence for your future. We used to sing this song, we come this far, leaning on. Oh, we got some old timers in here now, some old school saints. So, leaning on the Lord, God would help you. He would help you, but you have to remember what he's done. See, we're so quick to forget. You know, it's, it's like we're driving in a car and we look at life in a rearview mirror. It gets smaller and smaller over time. So you have to capture those God moments. Those moments with, but what's the God moment? A God moment is, is a situation where nobody but God could get you out of. You know what I'm talking about. We've all had a God moment. When nobody but God, you're like, how did I make it through this thing? This thing was designed to destroy me. Other people would have committed suicide. Somebody would have lost their mind. How did I make it through this thing? And you realize it was a God moment. Those are the things that you need to capture and hold on to so you can have the confidence that you need so you can direct your actions for your future. I love what the Word of God says. It says, for I know the plans that Jeremiah 29, 11, I have for you. I know the plans that I have for you. Another King James Version says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you to prosper you, to give you hope, a future, an expected end. In other words, God has a marvelous plan for your life. He has a glorious future for your life. He wants to give you the confidence that you need so you can experience what he has. Now, he didn't promise the road was going to be easy. He didn't promise that the mountains would be easy to climb. But the, thing is, but the thing is, he will give you the strength that you need. And if you're walking by faith and not by sight, you can conquer everything. You can conquer everything. Man, you know my wife and I testimony when we first got married. I'm really from New York City, from the Book of Dow Bronx. Amen. Hallelujah. My wife is originally from the island of Monterey and grew up in Spanish Harlem. Amen. And so... We got married. We said, we want to we, we move. God, we want us to move. God opened the door for us to move here to Hackensack. The rent was too expensive. We said, we could only afford rent at this price. When we heard the rent in Hackensack, it was a couple hundred dollars extra than what we planned. I said, I don't know if we could afford that. I said, how are we going to do this, God? I said, God, and mind you, I'm getting married in two months. I lost my job, and I'm getting unemployment. Got silent now. I was in my own recession 10 years ago. How about that? This recession thing don't scare me. I'm not going to let recession drive me into depression. 
Come on. You don't need to be pressed. The God that you serve is a provider. Even when there's famine in the land, you go and drink and eat of the land of plenty. Come on. You have to know who you are. And so I was like, Lord, how, how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to trust you, God. And so we came out here. We looked at the apartment in Hackensack, and the lady said, uh, we need about um, $1,850. Now, mind you, I'm trying to save up for a wedding. The wedding's in two months. I'm like, okay, $1,850. Unemployment check, you only get like a couple hundred dollars a week. There's no way I can come up with that type of money, God. So I was like, what am I going to do? Long story short, my wife was, my wife had a roommate, and we were we were praying that night together just about the situation. She was sharing, and we we're just all talking. And she said, "God spoke to me." I'm like, "What do you mean, God spoke to me?" She said, "God spoke to me." You remember the time? She said, "God spoke." She said, "I'm going to give you the money for the apartment." So I'm like, "Oh, you're going to give me something towards the apartment? You know, a couple hundred dollars?" No, no, no. I'm going to cover the first month's rent and the the, the security deposit and everything. She said, meet me on Tuesday. We'll go to the bank. So I'm like, what? Sure enough, got $1,800 in cash in my hand. And I said, oh, my God. And God said, you're going to trust me. Paid the rent, got the apartment, moved in the apartment. So didn't hardly had no furniture, just had a bed, a knapsack and some old chairs. And I said, okay, Lord, well, you know what? Despise not, small beginnings. All right. We're going to make this our home, okay? We moved to Hackensack, get married. She applied for a job. She got um, hired for. I applied for a job. I got hired for. Guess what? We both lost our jobs the first week. So we don't need you anymore. Just our first week of marriage, our first week of living in another state, our first week living by ourselves. No family out here, nothing. Faith walk. I said, Lord, okay, this is getting depressing now. Did we do something wrong? Like, what's happening? God said, you're going to trust me or not? I said, Lord, we're going to trust you. Wife well, got a part-time teaching position. Started teaching. What she bought in was like, what, $500 a month? The rent was $890. The rent alone was $890. Not talking about food. Not talking about electricity. Not talking about cable. Not talking about cell phone. Not talking about any other. The rent was $890. She only bought in $500. Unemployment for me is over now. I'm in another state. It's done. What are we going to do, God? Are you going to trust me? What are we going to do? I said, Lord, I'm, 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 I'm going to trust you. So my school called. I said, you know what? Mr. Shepard, we're going through the record. So we realized um, that um, you overpaid us. I said, I did? Yeah. We're going to send you a check for $500 in the mail. I said, what? Yeah, it should be there this week. We're sending it out. Thank you. That's how the rent got paid first month. I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. Her roommate back in New York City had a birthday party. Went to a birthday party. This is the next one now. Again, $500. Lord was short. How are we going to pay for everything? I said, are you going to trust me? Are you going to move out what you see? Because in my natural style, I'm like, I see eviction notice on the door. We just got married. I'm supposed to be the man. I'm supposed to be providing. I can't find a job, guys. There's a hard economy. What's going on? Can you help a brother out or what? And God said, are you going to trust me? I said, Lord, I... I, I, I got no choice right now. I got no plan B. I got to trust you. Fine, I'll trust you. So that night, going to a birthday party. My wife and I were stressed that we had an argument. Remember that we had an argument? So we had an argument. We were supposed to be at the party at 7 o'clock. We didn't get to it about 9.30 because we had a heated fellowship. That's why we call arguments. Heated fellowship. Y'all know what I'm talking about. 
And so, you know, we had to kiss and make up and all that good stuff. And make it up is the nice thing to do. Amen. When you're newlyweds. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so we got there a little, got there at 9 o'clock. Everybody's like, what took y'all so long? Like, well, at least we're here. We made it. Go there to some friends she has that I don't even know. Never been met before. And we all fellowshipping and talking, whatever. Then we break out into a prayer meeting. We just start praying. And we pray prayers over her life, for her birthday, and everything and stuff. And it was just a wonderful time that we had there. That was Saturday. Wednesday, coming up to the deadline now for the next month rent. Sister I never met that was at the party sends us a card in the mail. Open up the card. I'm like, who is this? I said, oh, I think this is the lady that we met. I said, how did she get our address? How did she get our information? And so I said, okay, let me not worry about that. Open up the card. There's a check inside. I'm like, I'm check inside. So I'm like, so I open up. I thought it said $50. It was another check for $500 from a person we did not even know. I can tell you story after story after story how God has went against all odds in my life. Last year was raising, we were raising money for our building fund. Get a call Sunday, Sunday evening after church. Pastor, I have a check for you. How much? $5,000. I'm telling you, the God that we serve is a faithful God. God will bring provision your way. Whatever you said in there, nothing's impossible for God. Nothing. And I, I want to encourage you today that even in the midst of all of the turmoil, all of the pain, all of the confusion that our nation is facing, you have something that they don't have. You have hope today. You have faith today. You have love today. You have joy today. And God wants you to remember that today. That's the legacy we need to have towards 9-11, that we remember. When we have that, that, that will cause us to have a bright outlook on our future. Remembering God's faithfulness from the past directs our actions for our future. These are two things, and I'm done. How to remember. How do we remember from here on out? Number one. We write it down. I always tell people it's important to journalize. I didn't never like to write. Write a journal. Blog. Record yourself. Write it down. Capture the moment. Write it down. Some people write their prayers down. How do you remember? You write it down. The Bible is nothing but a book of memories that somebody scribed down and wrote what happened through the ages. Write it down. In Joshua chapter 4, as, as Israel is crossing the Jericho, God dropped the Jericho. He said, look, he said, plant these stones. Take 12 stones for each tribe of Israel. He said, these stones will be stones of remembrance. This, this, these will be markers to declare God's faithfulness, how he has crossed you over, how he has brought you into Canaan, how he has brought you into the promised land. You need to have your own stones of remembrance. That will cause you to remember God's faithfulness. I have a wreath in my house that I take out for the holidays. There's a wreath that we bought from the 99 cent store. When we first got married, we couldn't afford gifts. My birthday is Christmas Day, by the way. I got married. We got married on my wife's birthday, and my birthday is Christmas Day. So we all have a two-for-one special. And so... 
Our first Christmas, we could not afford gifts. So we went to the 99 cent store, and we purchased a wreath. Okay, because that's the only thing we could afford. We, put, we could even afford a Christmas tree. So we put the little 99 cent wreath on the door. My wife, a couple years ago, she said, why don't we just throw this thing away? I said, no, 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 no. I'm not, I don't care if this thing falls apart. I'm not throwing it. This is a stone of remembrance that we will never have a Christmas like that ever again. This is the remembrance what God has done. He's provided for us. Some of you have stones of remembrance. It's an article. It could be a painting when you a child, a picture. It could be mementos that your parents are holding on to. It could be that little teddy bear that you just do not want to throw away. It's a stone of remembrance. Israel had a stone of remembrance that caused them to remember God's faithfulness. Write it down. And last but not least, tell it to others. Share your memory. That's what 9-11 is about today. In the wake of the tragedy. It's showing how people have triumphed. They're sharing their memory. I was watching a documentary a few days ago on some of the victims of families that lost. A lot of them became police officers, firefighters, in honor of their loved ones. Some, 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 some of the parents that were lost, their kids now are, 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 are doing things that involve security and, and to help fight anti-terrorism and all these different types of things. Why? Because they, they, their memories have driven them to have a great future. Their memories have driven them to, to, to have a great outlook. Their memories have driven them to do something positive with their lives. They have turned the tragedy into triumph today. And that's what God did. If you read the whole word of God, from Genesis to Revelation, it's coming from a place of tragedy where Adam and Eve fell to triumph where Jesus is seen as the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. You're in a process today. You might be at a place of tragedy. A place of feeling that you're left out. A place of feeling that I'm surrounded by so many problems that I don't even know how I'm going to deal with each one of these. But I'm here to let you know today that God loves you with an everlasting love. And the Bible says he will never leave us nor forsake us. Let's look at the front of your, 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 your bulletin this morning. It says, never forget hope. The hope that I'm talking about is the hope in Christ Jesus this morning. That's the only hope that's going to get us through troubled times. That's the only hope that's going to get these families through. And our lives have been affected by 9-11, but not just 9-11. Beyond 9-11. For the years to come. For the other tragedies that might happen in the future. Only God knows the future. But it's going to only be him to get us through. We are not forgotten. God has not forsaken us. And he is, with, he is here with us today. Pastor Edgar did a wonderful message where he shared, Emmanuel, God is with us. I'm here to encourage you today that God is with you. And that you are never alone. Can we bow our heads? Father, we come before you today. And we just thank you, Lord, even now for your grace and for your mercy, Lord. Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your joy, for your peace, God. And I thank you that you are ever-present help in troubled times. You want us to remember your faithfulness, Lord. The plans, the memories, the desires, the dreams that you have for us, God. 
So, Father, I pray even now in the name of Jesus that you will cover us and keep us even now, God. If you heard this message today and it's touched you, you feel God has spoken to your heart today, and you feel like you're in a place where you need to trust God, you feel like you're in a place where you, want, you need to remember more, maybe you've been forgetting, maybe you've been having what I call spiritual dementia, where you're forgetting the things that God has done. You forgot about that God resume. You forgot about the things he has done. You forgot that you didn't make it here by yourself. You forgot. If you've been that person, I, I just want you to stand this morning, and I want to pray with you this morning. I'm not going to ask you to say or do anything. I just want you to stand. I want to say a corporate prayer this morning over you this morning. Hallelujah. You're saying, Pastor, I need to remember. God has caused me to remember something because I've been forgetting. I've been for, I, so many stuff has been going on. I've just been forgetting about what, what God has done. I, I, I've been forgetting about his mercy. I've been forgetting how he saved me, how he could let me go to a burning place called hell. But he say, I've got to be more grateful. I made some deals with God. God, if you give me out of this, I'd do that, but I didn't do it. I forgot. Forgive me, Lord. If that's you, I, I, I want to pray with you this morning. I want you to know that God is with you, that he forgives you. He extends his mercy and his grace to you. That's what we call the gathering church, a place of grace. This is a place we can find God's smiling face. He loves you. We don't serve a God that frowns at us, that beats us down, that discourages us. We serve a God that loves us, that gives us hope, that gives us a bright future. And Father, I pray for these individuals that are standing right now. And I pray that you will comfort them, and that you will cover them. And that you will grant them your peace today, Lord. I pray that you will cause them to remember that their memories will not lapse. They will not lose, oh God, the, the, the memories of what you've done. I pray they would take seriously those God moments. Those moments where only you can get us through. Lord, I pray for a spirit of gratitude to be upon them, Lord God. That they will thank you daily. That they will think on the good things of Jesus. All the great things that you've done for them. Father God, I ask that you would just pour your love, your spirit, your hope. You said there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. In other words, we don't have to worry about the past anymore. We don't have to be caught up on those dead things anymore. Because you have come to bring us life. And that we will have it more abundantly. So Father, I pray that you bless each and every one standing, Lord today. Comfort them and cover them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.